You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's help in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel, 5768-2008. This week's Parsha is Mishpatim. Mishpatim are the laws, the civil laws, many different laws that were given also on Har Sinai, right after the Ten Commandments. These were the first set of laws that were given. And there's tremendous significance, obviously, to these laws, being that they were the first ones. And we need to understand exactly what these laws represent. And specifically, I'd like to discuss the first of these laws, which is the law of Evet Ivri, the slave, a Jewish bondsman. What's the understanding of this whole law? Before we actually discuss this first law of the Jewish bondsman, I'd like to point out that one of the first things, this whole group of laws, many of them have to do with between man and man. And it's very significant that we understand that in order for us to serve Hashem properly, there are two sides. There were two sides of the Aseris Hadibros of the Ten Commandments. One side was the halachos, the laws between man and God. We have to believe in God. We have to. We can't worship any other gods. We have to keep the Shabbos. And the other side was the laws between man and man. We sh- we can't be jealous of other people's things. We can't do anything that would cause something bad to happen to our friend. Significantly, we begin right after that with all of these laws that have to do between a man and his friend, whether it has to do with a slave or it has to do with my property damaging another person's property. And this is very significant. In the Torah schools, in the yeshivas, it's significant to note that one of the first mesechtas, the first tractates in the Talmud that the children learn is Elamitsius, which deals with returning a lost object. Another tractate that's usually learned at the beginning is the tractate of Babakama which deals with nazik and which deals with damages between man and man. And it's significant that they start this way. There was once a certain manahal, a certain principal of a school, a day school, I believe, and he came to a certain big gadol, a certain great rabbi, and he said to him, you know, why are we starting with one of these two mesechtas? Why don't we start with something that's more applicable, like brachos? Why don't we learn the halachos of brachos? You know, we're saying brachos all the time. The children are saying their blessings all the time. That would seem to be something that's more appropriate, something that's more applicable. And this great Gadol said, I believe it was Ramosha Fancy, but I'm not sure. So this great Gadol, this great rabbi said to him, you know, while it's true that it is important, brachos are extremely important, the blessings are very important. However, the most important thing, the first thing that a child has to learn is that the most important thing in his life is to, to know what's his and what's not his. A person has to know between man and man. First things first, it's important to have a relationship with God. That is extremely highly important. But part of our and parcel of our relationship with God is our relationship between our fellow man. Because if we don't have a proper concept of how we treat our friends, if we find something that's not ours, what do we do with it? We keep it? We don't do that. Heaven forbid. We have to return it. If something that's ours causes damage to someone else, we have to make sure to pay for the damages. These are essentials. This is the first thing. This is the Aleph base. This is literally the ABCs of life. Is before you even have a relationship with God, you have to be able to have a relationship between your fellow man. Because if you're missing that, then you're missing the point. You're missing a main point of life. And it's significant to know that that's one of the reasons that we start right away after the Aser Sadebris, after the Ten Commandments, we right away begin with the civil law because we have to know that God has to, we have to be God conscious in every single area of our lives and especially between ourselves and our fellow man. Now the first of the laws that, that are dealt with in this parsha, it's significant to note is the Evet Ivri, the Jewish bondsman. And there are a number of different issues that we need to address inside of this halacha, inside of this law. And I think it's important that we understand this because as we know, you know, the first time, the first law, the first of everything is always the most significant. And there's a reason that Hashem of all of these laws, the civil laws, He chose to put this one first. And I think there's a tremendous lesson that we have to learn here. And if we take it to heart, it can really, really help us in our lives in general. Now let's read these verses together and try to understand them very carefully because if we read them carefully, I think that we'll find some very, very interesting insights. The verse tells us, 
Kisikne Evid Ivri, if a person shall buy a Hebrew slave, a Jewish slave, Sheshanim Yaavoid, for six years shall he work. This is the second verse in chapter 21 in this week's Parsha. So for seven year, for six years he works, and the seventh year he goes out free. A few verses later the Torah says, However, if the person, this slave, shall say, I love my master, my new wife and my new children that my master gave me, I'm not going out free. So the person is brought to court, He's, 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 he's brought to the door, to the doorpost, So his master goes and takes his ear and thrusts it through with a, an awl. And he serves his master forever, is this literal translation of the word la'olam. But really it means until the 50th year, till the jubilee year, till Yovel. There are a few things here that are significant to note. The first of them is that we're talking about a specific, a very specific case. It's Kisikna Evet Ivri. You have bought a Jewish slave. Rashi tells us that this case is where this was a person who was a Ganav. He stole something from you and he doesn't have the money to pay back. So what happens is the Bezdin, the Jewish court sells this man to you and you become his master and he works off for six years the, the money that he owes you. It's significant to know that the six years that he works are not connected to the Shemitah cycle. We know that there's a Shemitah cycle. This year is actually Shemitah. There are seven years, we count seven years. There's different significances to each of the years. The seventh year is Shemitah. However, this six-year counting and the seventh year he goes out free has nothing to do with Shemitah. And the reason that I point this out is because if he has decided to stay with his master and he works for him forever, he only works for him until the Jubilee year. Now, the Jubilee year is not the 50th year from the first time that he started to work for his master, but rather it's something which is objective. It's an objective counting. After seven cycles of Shemitah, after seven times seven years, in the 50th year, there's a Jubilee year, the Yovel year. And, and it doesn't matter if that year could come, theoretically, it could come out in the third year of his bondage, of his, of his servitude, and he would still go out free. The 50th year is an objective time, nothing to do with his counting, but the 7th year that he goes out free, the first counting, if he hadn't yet decided to stay with his master, that 7th year is a counting from when he begins, and it's not an objective counting, but it's a subjective counting. What is the significance of the fact that at the beginning, he stays there for 6 years and on the 7th year he goes out? as opposed to afterwards if he decides to stay with his master, so then we have an objective way of, of determining when he goes out. What's the explanation for that? It's also highly significant that we need to understand the whole ceremony. If he decides to stay with his master, what do they do? They take him to the court. They, they bring him his ear right next to the door. And then his master takes an awl and, and makes a hole in his ear. And he stays with that master forever. What's the significance of this whole thing with the ear and the awl and making a hole in his ear? What is the significance of that? As an introduction to the answer to these questions, I'd like to share with you a very interesting and deep Kabbalistic concept has to do with the verse. The verse says, we say it every day in our davening, Lecha Hashem ha-gedula va-gevura va-teferes To you Hashem is the greatness, the strength, the splendor, the victory, the empathy. Each of these things has a different representation, means something different. And the next thing it says in the verse is, Ki choil uva-aretz. Koil, all of the abilities you have, both in shamayim, in the, in the heavens and in the earth. Each of these seven things represents a different way that Hashem interacts with the Bria, with His creation, and with us personally and collectively. And each of them works in tandem as a conduit to bring down the Shefa, the divine influx into the world, connecting us to Hashem. 
Now the sixth level in this chain is called koil. Ki koil Koil means everything. The seventh level is aretz, is the land. Because the land, which is us, we represent the land, the people in the world are receiving everything, koil, from Hashem. And the chain ends in koil, and we are the ones at the bottom of the chain receiving it from koil. Now there are two reasons that it's called koil. Koil means everything. It's called everything because it contains all of the goodness that Hashem wants to give to the world. That's one reason why it's called koil. Another reason why it's called koil, says Rav Dessler, is because koil means that every single thing in the world comes from Hashem. Whether it's something that on the surface seems good, or on the surface seems bad. Every single thing, whether good or bad, comes from Hashem. And what this really means is that Hashem is being mashgiach. Every single moment of our lives, Hashem is involved in every aspect of our lives. If we're walking along and we stub our toe, part of it is because Hashem has seen perhaps, let's say, that we've done something wrong. And instead of waiting until we have to go to Gehenim and burning Gehenim, Hashem will give us some kind of pain in this world so we don't have to suffer in the next world. Koil represents the fact that everything that happens to us in our lives is directly from Hashem. And not just that, but since Hashem is the ultimate good, every single thing that happens to us is ultimately good, even though on the surface it may not seem that way. Now one of the amazing things about Hashkach HaPratis, about divine providence, is that the way Hashem set up the world is that if a person recognizes and acknowledges a fact and behaves in such a manner, showing that he knows that every single thing that happens to him is from Hashem, then Hashem is mashgiach on that person in a more obvious way. Hashem will go and He will show His divine providence in a much more obvious way. However, when a person does not acknowledge that Hashem is intimately involved in his life, so Hashem still is intimately involved in his life, but He does it in such a way that it's not clear. So when the verse says, Everything, every single thing that goes on is from Hashem in the heavens and in the earth. So there's a difference between the heavens and the earth. Because in order for it to be in the earth, we have to bring ourselves up to the level where we see and we recognize and we behave in a manner that we know that every single thing is happening to us is from Hashem. And when we in fact behave that way, Hashem will make it more clear that He's in fact involved in our lives. Now I'd like to take this concept and come back to the Evet Ivri, this Jewish bondsman. What happened? How did he end up sold as an Evet Ivri? What did he do? He stole something. What, what brings a person to steal? Why does a person go and take something that's not his? Because he's forgotten. He hasn't recognized that everything that he has is from Hashem. A person would only take someone else's thing because he thinks that I'm missing something that the other guy has. That thing that the other guy has, I need. I am missing. I have not gotten everything that I'm supposed to get. I deserve to have that thing that someone else has. I am missing something. There's a lack of recognition that Hashem is in charge. There's a lack of recognition that everything that he has is from Hashem. Anything he's missing is also from Hashem. And it's for his best. What happens? He is sold. He's sold for six years. Very significant. Six years. Because the number six represents koil. Koil. Everything is from Hashem. Koil is the sixth force of creation. The sixth day. The sixth day was when man was created. All of the forces of creation culminated in koil on the sixth day. Everything was clear that it was from Hashem. This person has forgotten that everything is from Hashem. That's why he went and he stole. That's why he sold for six years. And then he's supposed to go out in the seventh year. What's the number seven? Seven is Aret. Seven is man's connection to God. Seven represents the fact that we recognize and we connect ourselves and we behave in a manner that we know that Hashem is in charge of our lives. 
That's what's supposed to happen in the seventh year. He's supposed to recognize that everything comes from Hashem. He no longer needs to be a slave because he's gone through this six-year period and he realizes now he's learned the lesson that everything comes from Hashem. What happens though? He says, no, I love my master. I don't want to go free. What do we do? We take him, we bring him to the court and we thrust his ear through with an awl and we connect it to the doorway. And Rashi tells us that the significance of this act is because what do we do to his ear? Because this ear that heard on Har Sinai, I am your God. And you're not supposed to be, you are my slave, Hashem says, and not a slave to another slave. So his ear that didn't hear that properly, didn't remember, didn't recognize that everything is from Hashem, and we're supposed to completely be subservient to Hashem, connect ourselves completely to Hashem. Your ear that didn't hear that, it gets thrust through with an awl. And where does it get connected to? To the doorpost. What happened with the doorpost? In Egypt, in Mitzrayim. So the people of Israel were commanded to take the blood of the Paschal Lamb and, and smear it on the doorpost. What was the representation of that? Showing that I'm subservient to Hashem. I'm throwing away the idols, the idolatry of Egypt, and I'm showing that I'm completely subservient to Hashem. That's why, that's the lesson of the doorway. He's supposed to realize and remember and recognize. He hasn't figured it out until now. Now is his opportunity to figure it out. Now to answer the question, we said, why is it that the first set of years, the first six years, and the seventh year he goes out free, that's a subjective counting. It goes from when he began. Whereas the 50th year, assuming that he's decided to stay after the, sixth, the first six year counting, so the 50th year is something that's not, that has nothing to do with his actual counting. It's an objective t- time period. Why is it that he goes out in the 50th year? To answer this question, we need to understand the significance of the number 50. 50 is used in a number of different contexts. One of the contexts for the number 50 is we count from Pesach to Shavuos. Shavuos is the 50th day, counting from the second day of Shavuos. You count seven weeks times seven, and then it's actually the 50th day, but we only count seven times, and we don't count the 50th day. The 50th day is Shavuos. That was the day of Kabbalah Sator, was 50 days after leaving Egypt. Another place where we find 50 is right here with Yovel. Yovel is the 50th year. After seven countings of seven years, it's the 50th year. What's the significance of 50? Another place that we find 50 is that there's a concept of the 50th level of Tumah, the 50th level of Tahara. If the people of Israel had descended to the 50th level of impurity of Tumah, they would have been gone forever. There would have been no chance of saving them. You see that the number 50 is an uncountable number. It's something that you've gone, you've gone to the end. You've, gone, you've come to the place of no return. That's what number 50 is. That's what we see. The Jews would have had no chance of survival if they had descended to the 50th level of impurity. And the other way is also true. If a person can get somehow to the 50th level of tahara, of purity, so then he will connect to Hashem in such a way that there's no returning. He's eternally connected to Hashem. That's why the people of Israel received the Torah on the 50th day after the Exodus, because it was something that was about to happen that would eternally connect them to God, and there would be no turning back. There's no chance. Once you become a Jew, you're forever a Jew. There's no turning back. 50 is a number of connecting to source. In the 50th year, all land returns to its original owners. It doesn't matter if you bought it. Your lease is up after 50 years, and it goes back to the original owner. So in a certain way, the number 50 is you are forced. You have no choice. You were once connected to Hashem. You can't disconnect yourself. That's what the number 50 represents. And that's why he's already tried so many times. He, we, we tried to teach him the lesson. He hasn't learned the lesson. He's forgotten that Hashem is in charge of the world. Hashem is the koil. Hashem is everything. Hashem is mashgiach. Hashem is constantly involved. Even with him. Six years he didn't learn that lesson. And he kept going and he decided to stay. And he got the all going through his ear. And he didn't learn the lesson. In the 50th year, he has no choice. 
there's a connection to God that happens that no matter what, you can never disassoci disassociate yourself from. That connection is always there. And that's why he goes out in the 50th year. Now I'd like to bless you and me and all of us that we should all really take this message to heart and realize every single thing that happens to us, whether it's good or whether it's bad, no matter what, it's koil, it's everything is from Hashem. When we recognize that, we'll be zocha, we'll merit to see more in our lives. Every single day we'll see it, we'll see the Yad Hashem, we'll see the hand of God within our lives, constantly guiding us, constantly taking care of us. The more we look for it, the more we'll see it. Thank you for listening and have a very good Shabbos.